The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, New World Comics, Speeding Bullet Comics, All-Star Comics, Amazing Action Comics, Luton XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, and Commonplace Books, with more locations coming soon. You can find out more at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 132 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Devin Green. A year ago, you might remember, we introduced you to the amazing card game, Chuascaria. Absurdist Productions launched a Kickstarter last September, which unfortunately didn't get funded, but that didn't stop them. Here to talk about the latest news on Chihuahua is David Thomas and Will Thompson. So what is the big news? Well, we are we are funded now. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. we, we relaunched. Uh, we ended up on the second go-round funding in just under a week, and we are now... We are currently at... Exactly, hundred and 113%. Um, so basically that scene in uh, Indecent Proposal rolling around on the bed with all that money, that's what they're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> or will be in like a week. Not quite. But, but, yeah. okay. but we are getting Head the game. Rolling ready. around in cards. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, that, that's, that is what we will be doing. We will, be having a, we will have a thousand copies of this game with 112 cards each. Yes. <laughs> so your copy might have been rolled around by Will and David. They Yes. No, no. I promise <laughs> any copy you get will have been shrinked wrapped before we could touch it. <laughs> now, how long does this Kickstarter go? How long? Uh, so we set it a 30-day Kickstarter. We are now on day... 13, 14? Yeah, we've got um, 19 days to go? 17 days to go. 17 It'll days. on May the 3rd. And how quickly did you guys get fully funded? Six days. <laughs> That's wow. amazing. They were just waiting. I mean, they were it, just it, waiting it, at their keyboards. It, it, like, it, when is it No, coming? I trust me. From the moment we launched to the moment we funded... I think I got four hours a night of sleep because I was constantly refreshing <laughs> right? the page. It's no That's so exciting. It's, it's just time. I think a, a lot of people for the past year have watched this game, uh, enjoyed it, and I think it's built a, a real good following. And because it's fun, it is a blast. If you folks at home have not actually played this game, uh, first off, are you guys going to be going? You've been Edmund Unplugged the past two Saturdays, I know, because I've yeah. been watching you while I play D&D. Um, are you going back there? I will be at Edmund Unplugged at least once more. One more time this month, uh, this coming week. I'd have yeah. to check the actual calendar. Uh, I'll be at McNelly's, I want to say oh. Wednesday. The there you one go. Oklahoma City? So, uh, Norman. Oh, okay. Norman, okay. I'll be at um, the Oklahoma Board Game Community, which if you're not a member, there are a bunch of cool people. Check them out. Yeah. Uh, they have event an event at the Denny's in Edmond on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'll be at that. Uh, I will be at Game Face in Yukon again, I don't think this week, next week, I think. Um, I'll be at Coop's, the Coop Ale Works ah, game day on the 21st, Board I think Board games is. and beer? Yeah. Yep. Um, basically, I'm at I'm at three or four different events every week from now until this thing ends. You were really big at Loot and XP. Are you guys still doing some stuff over there? Still doing well? a lot of okay. stuff at Loot and XP. I know I will definitely be there uh, tabletop day, which is the end of the month. I want to say the 28th. I so think we'll so, yeah. Definitely, so yeah. definitely be there for that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all over the city. Uh, we're po- I post them uh, constantly up on our uh, Facebook page, so follow us there if you're you know want to try the game out. Brian hustles like Russell R- Russell Westbrook. There you go. There you yes. Go. Yeah. Uh, now I uh, <laughs> I I I uh, backed it uh, back when you launched in September. Mm-hmm. I backed it since then. I actually backed it after you guys had already gotten fully funded because it happened so fast. Yep. So I know. anybody I was out there who wants to back this, you still can. Yes. Because there's do. some other goals we're trying to reach for. Talk mm-hmm. to me about those. Yeah, we've got several stretch goals planned. Um, a lot of them are basic upgrades to the uh, components and the quality. So we're going to upgrade to a thicker cardstock. Um, so make the cards nice, nice and stiff. And then a linen finish on the cardstock and the boxes. We're going to um, possibly, if we get up that high, include a, uh, a PDF recipe book so that you yes. can cook all of these things. Um, we've got. I'm an, currently writing that. He's working on that. <laughs> we've got an add-on um, 
uh, play mat. So it'll be a neoprene, like mouse pad style play mat that you can get. And that, that'll be an additional cost, but we're selling them basically at cost just as an extra thing. Right. Um, and is there anything else? I think that was uh, most of it. If, if we make enough enough money, and this is getting up to around, I want to say twelve or 13000 Look at that. Um, we have uh, one changing currently the uh, the food request tokens in the game are just another card. Looking yeah. at making those actual like chipboard tokens, oh, okay, so a little, yeah. little sturdier. Oh, cool. And then also the possibility uh, I've been working on um, kind of a mini expansion that could get added to the game. Mm-hmm. Not required to play the game at all. Just to, you know, just to add a little bit of little more options in there. I see those all the time with card games. Uh, yeah. Little expansion mm-hmm. packs that you go, hey, you don't necessarily need this, mm-hmm. but it would make it more fun. Yep. Just just add some optional some optional rules. But uh, that is again further, you know, much if we make enough money because in order to get do that, one, it puts the cost of production up a little bit and then also having to uh, get the artist to design the new card art and all that kind of stuff. So it, it costs more to make that. That's wonderful. And when, are we close to reaching any of those stretch goals yet? We are close to reaching our first stretch goal. Which so is the fir- one where it's the harder the yeah, the, the, the heavier card stock, yep. And yep. then the next yeah. one will be the linen finish. Good. Um, tell us about your artist. Uh, so Ellie Zhang, she's a local artist here uh, out of, I believe she's still living up in Edmond. I think she does, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's amazing. Fantastic. She was on our show in, in yeah. May of last mm-hmm. year. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think she, yeah, I think the, this is her third time on your show. I think she was on both other both previous That's times. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's she does amazing work. She's actually uh, working on a few um, of the upgrade type stuff for us, like the play potential play match. She's doing some drafts of that oh, for us cool. right now. Uh, but she's also working on uh, because she's not exclusive to us. She's got she's working on at least two other games that I know of that are unrelated to us. So. You know, she's getting her name out there and getting more games. Fantastic. So. Tell us the irony of her doing this <laughs> game. <laughs> right? Yes, the, the the fact that in a game all about meat, the artist does not eat meat. Ellie, Ellie <laughs> is a vegetarian, yeah. that's right. If, if you listen As we back to, when we played with her. to uh, <laughs> the older episodes we did with this game, uh, she, she, she has a great story oh, about yeah. her falling asleep at the keyboard and then waking up to, like, just meet yeah, and being right horrified. Yeah. When I found out after the fact that Meat that this game was giving her meat nightmares. Yeah. Like, meat why, didn't, why didn't you tell me ahead of time that you don't eat meat? But even yeah. so, she did a fantastic job. She did. Oh. Like oh, the gorgeous. pictures. That, I mean, they look real. The, uh, yeah, and the, and makes so hungry. Yeah. Like right. Uh, like anytime I, I played that. it up at Luton XP, immediately afterwards I was ordering food. It, well, I thought about that on the way here. I'm like, I should have eaten. Every yeah. single time I play this game with anybody, even people who've played it before, it I hear it at least once. It's <laughs> I'm like, I'm now. so hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those who have not listened to the May episode where we uh, got you, brought you guys in, uh, and if so, why not? But yeah. tell us again the story about how you came up with Chihuahua. So Chihuahua is based on a Brazilian-style steakhouse, so a Fogo de Chao or, or like a Texas Day Brazil like we have at uh, Penn Square Mall here in Oklahoma City. And at a uh, convention back in 2014, yep. the Pack South convention down in San Antonio, bunch of went, bunch of us went to the the convention, had a great time. At the end of the con, the last day, one of our friends suggested we should celebrate. We should go to this expensive restaurant, and you know, it'd be a great time. He was the only one who'd been before, so the rest was still like, okay, sure, that sounds cool. Went in. They walk you past this massive, amazing salad bar that could be a restaurant on its own. <laughs> you sit down. They go, you know, feel free to to go to the salad bar, and then the waiters will start coming around with the meat shortly. And all of us, except for him, got up, hit the salad bar, piled our plates high. We sit back down. We're watching him as he's waiting, and we start and eating food. No, the, the salad bar is – it could be its own It could be its own restaurant. Yeah, like, it's, it's not just a salad bar. There's, no, there's sushi. There's lobster bisque. There's yeah, oh my you know, all kinds oh, of just amazing so things you know, out there. See, it's already starting. I'm yeah. like, okay. right now I'm hungry. Let's yeah. Just yeah. Pack it up and go so, there. You know, so we're all eating these cells, and then all of a sudden, the the depending on the restaurant you go to, you can hear gauchos, or in our game we call them the uh, pasadores, which is actually I think related to the uh, the skewer itself. But they start coming around with these what looks like a sword of meat. It is. It's like a sword a sword with meat glorious. on it. Glorious. And they walk up to you and they put their hand down, holding the sword, and they pull out the knife and ask you if you you know what. You know, whether you want it rare, medium, whatever, and they slice it off right onto your plate. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. And so as they start putting my meat on his plate, the rest of us are trying to make room on our plates because we're like, well, we want that too. And then, of course, you know, we're there was like eight or ten of us, and we're celebrating, so we're also drinking. 
So one particular friend of ours starts stealing food from the other other people's plates and flipping the the little tokens you have. It's red green. When it's red, you're telling the waiter to go away. When it's green, you're saying bring more. So he starts flipping people's tokens, and you know then you I start seeing. Like at one point, he goes to steal some from a friend's plate, and another friend blocked him with with their fork. <laughs> and as I'm watching all this, I'm just thinking, this this could be a game. This is, like I could do something with this. And now we're funded, and in you know October yeah. Novemberish, that game is going to be in people's doorsteps. And That's it's, what, and it's so much fun. Yeah. And now, it, it, what does it? Because I know again, we talked in May, and it really exciting mm-hmm. about September the, the Kickstarter, and it, and it just didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. Um, how excited are you about the fact that this is your dream has now become a reality? It's fantastic. I'm having slightly more than four hours of sleep now. So, <laughs> so proud. I'm not checking the I'm not checking the campaign as much, but I've got just so much excited energy. It's yeah. it's amazing. There's yeah. a lot of work ahead of us, but this is great. Yeah. This is this is our first game um, as a publishing company, mm-hmm. um, and this is going to start us off, start us down the road. You know, because mm-hmm. we're getting um, not only you know the the the, the money from this, mm-hmm. but the the following, um, the recognition, hopefully people like our game and I'm you know I feel really confident that they will Um, you know and that will help us get the word out for the next game and the one after that you know Mm -hmm. and build this little company into something that's actually producing um, you know some really cool games and some real cool content right out of Oklahoma and I noticed you guys have really good taste in games because I follow you on Kickstarter Mm -hmm. And I've backed pretty much almost every game you guys have backed on yeah. Kickstarter. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, Absurd is back this. So I look into it. I'm like, this looks really cool. This looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the game, the fact that it, it's uh, only 20 to 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when we played it here, we played it here at, at KOSU Studios, and it took us 30 minutes. And we just, uh, we had to then record the podcast. Yeah. But I remember thinking, I just want to play that again. <laughs> I just want to keep playing this because it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've played it a lot, and I'm still like, yeah, yep. let's let's play it. A, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm demoing it, it'll usually work out. Like, I'll start out with, like, a, a three- or four-player game, and then the players that were in that, at least one or two of them will stay, and more people join in. Yeah. And then people will come back with more friends, go, you need to try this, and... Yeah. yeah, it's a very, it's a very it, contagious game. It really is very addictive. You you yeah. want because it's so easy mm. to, to to figure out. So you can you can just figure. Out. Of course, yep. it's food. Yeah, I think if there's anything that every one of us mm. understands now, some of us might not like meat, but everyone understands food. And it is definitely it's one of those games where when if you don't know anything about it, if you just see like our campaign or you know, just see the game. It does confuse people a little bit. At first, it's like what I don't I don't understand this this game about meat, mm-hmm. but in general. Within one, maybe two rounds of the game, so mm-hmm. within you know five to ten minutes, people have got it. Yeah, and then once they've got it, they're they they're generally hooked. Yeah, that's, one of the, that's the joy too. Is yeah, it's I, not overly complicated, no. and yeah. then you can just have fun with it. It's and I very, think that's a sign of a good good game. It reminds me of I feel when I think of something like uh, the 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 train one. Um, ah, uh, uh, ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. ride. Looks like the most complicated game but in the not. world. Right. But and even even to the, you know, if you asked me to sit down and play it, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I remember how to play that. Within seconds, I remember how to play that again. And and that's the sign of a good game. It looks complicated because it's it's this you know wonderfully complex game, but it is so simple to play. Mm-hmm. That uh, that people enjoy it. And I think that's yep. what I love about Chihuahua. And there's that, a lot of that way. And families get split apart because of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> it breaks up homes. You yeah. definitely. I have on many occasions seen a wife or a girlfriend give her boyfriend or husband the glare that makes him all of a sudden decide. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this card on this no. other person. <laughs> right? I'll never forget that. that one time I took it to my friends uh, that my D and D group because we were waiting on a few other people. And I was like, can I, can I borrow it? Yeah. And you were like, sure. Then yeah. the pregnant lady won. Yeah. Ha! If, if I remember correctly, Nikki comes back, <laughs> slams the game on the table next to me and looks at me and I went, you didn't win? She goes, the pregnant one won. Uh, <laughs> yes. And like turned around and marched away and I'm just, because you don't come to a pregnant lady in food. It's like, I didn't think she was going to taste this. It's not real food. <laughs> That's right. It's not real food. Um, but she, now, she was determined to eat it all. Did you say that, it, okay, so we get, we get the Kickstarter done. When that's done in 17 days, what's the next step for you guys? Uh, at that point is when we will, it'll take about, it takes two weeks once the campaign ends before Kickstarter gives us the money. Right. So they spend ten we, or two weeks of basically charging each person's credit card or whatever mm-hmm. and they do the two weeks, so it gives them time in case there's a you know a credit card doesn't go through, or whatever they can try it you know once or, you know a few times. Right. Then once they've got all the money after two weeks, then they deposit it into our bank account. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, while that's happening, I'll be reaching out to the uh, the printers to start getting the ball rolling on, you know, getting everything set up, contracts, you know, begin signing contracts and whatnot. Once all oh. yeah, and don't forget that we we'll be doing a uh, we're doing a pledge manager. So yes. after the campaign, um, everybody that backed will get a will get an email. If you're a U.S. backer, uh, shipping's free, so it's just going to confirm your shipping. Yeah. And you'll get it. You'll also have a chance at that point to upgrade your shipment, and get additional copies, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Um, and for um, non-U.S. backers, at that that's the point where you'll pay your shipping fee. And I'm guessing if you hit the mat level as well, they, then they, you'll be able, able to order that. You'll mat. be able to order that as well. Right, and so. You know, that'll go through, and then as as more uh, if people add-ons and that kind of thing with the the backer kit, you know that'll that money will come to us as it happens, kind mm-hmm. of thing after the two weeks. Um, but I'll be talking to the printers, starting to get that process set up of the exact scheduling and contracts and when I need to send them money and all that stuff, as well as getting the final details on how we need to set up all the art, so we can start sending that to them and yep. they'll start that process. Um, once they have all the art. They'll go through and they'll set up a uh, an initial what they call a digital proof. So they'll set up everything and they'll send us the digital proof mm-hmm. and emails. We'll review everything to make sure. Okay, yes, did they put the art in Check in it place very right? Carefully. Exactly. Yes. It's like no are, the, are card backs matching the card fronts? Right. Are the, did any files get screwed up? Because I've heard horror stories of people um, who've oh got gosh. who've gotten a copy of the game, and when the company. Because you know the, the Chinese factories in general, they're just going to take what like they yeah. they get it. They send you the proof. If you say yes, they just go. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard horror stories of someone who got it back, and all the text was left off the card. Oh Because gosh. that layer was hidden, and when they reviewed the proof, they went, "Oh yeah, the, the art looks good." And it, some, they didn't even think yeah. to read the text. There's so, supposed to be some kind of writing on exactly. This card. So yeah. you know you got to make. We, we'll review the digital proof. Once that's good, we'll set. We'll approve. If there's problems, we'll have them fix them. Send it again. Mm-hmm. Once that's approved. Then they will do a physical proof. So they'll basically do, um, and this is something I, I have to discuss with the company exactly which way we're going to do this. But uh, in general, they will send us one single printing of one or two printings of the game, where they'll print out the whole thing, package it all up, and send us a copy of that. Just like what your clients would get, just like what your yeah, customers essentially, would get. yeah. Right. And so we will review that, make sure everything's lined mm-hmm. up properly, everything looks good. Check it carefully. <laughs> yeah, mark off any problems. Tell them if there's problems, they have to fix them. We go through that process again, and then once everything's good, we you know we've checked all that, then they will do the print run. Yep. And after the print run's done, package everything up. Uh, it'll all get put on a ship, sent to. We're working with a uh, fulfillment company called Quartermaster Logistics. Who are out okay. of who are down in uh, Florida, I think Orlando, but everything will get shipped to them, and then they will ship everything out from there to our backers. And did you say so? Did you say if everything goes right, it'll be October of this year? Is that yeah, right? If everything goes right, it should be uh, early October-ish. If we have delayed stuff, yeah. could, could be you know. We're, in time for Christmas. Yes. It, it, yeah, it should be. It should be here in time for Christmas, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, which cross fingers it doesn't. It should definitely be here uh, by like first week of November. Um, we're hoping early October, and if nothing else, because uh, we are planning on doing uh, attending Token Con, which is the the local game board con that's going to have its first uh, thing, sixth and seventh of October here. Yes, uh, if they haven't contacted you, if I've I've mentioned you guys to them. I know. <laughs> yeah. D, I know oh, DC. Oh, we'll from, stock them. I know okay. DC from Loot XP has. I believe he's mentioned to to. But uh, TokenCon, basically, again, the Oklahoma board game community that I mentioned, uh-huh. they are putting together a, a small board game convention here. It's going to be. I believe it's the sixth and seventh of October. I don't believe it's small. We need to make it huge. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, we'll they're, make they're, it. they're they're still learning, so they're starting small. Put it so, in but, our but, hands but we are going to be attending there, and uh, so the plan is, if the copies, ha- if stuff haven't shown up yet, I'll probably be talking to our uh, printers to get a a, ca- a couple cases of it sent to us, so we can yeah, we'll have stuff. Now, that's oh, I was going to say. So, once you get this in, this is also going to be going out to maybe some local shops. Uh, it will go out to local shops. Um, yeah, we have a few but, a few local retailers who are interested in it. Okay, I, I do want to say, though, do not wait for us to have it at a con. Oh, no. Back yeah. now, please, because anything we do afterwards will not contribute to the stretch goals. Um, yep. But, yes, backers will get it absolutely first. If you back us on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. you'll get it before anyone. Right. And then it'll start going to, um, you retailers. know, we'll be selling it at, at cons. And, yeah, and there will be some, some retail shops that are going to carry it. The only reason I ask is because I think there might be some people who might not uh, not, might not back it, but if you were to give it as a gift for, say, this coming Christmas, you, uh, are there some places where you know that will might have some copies? Um, 
I can't guarantee it'll. It should be. Yeah, that's. You I can always yeah. order more than one on yeah, the Kickstarter. Yeah, you can't th- order think, more than one from yeah. us. And I think right now we'll just say there are several local stores that are looking into holding carrying copies. Yeah. Um, well, and not to mention you're getting it direct from them, so mm-hmm. retail price. Yeah, and that's another. That's another thing. That's true. The, retail the, price is an the, issue. Uh, so. the, the MSRP uh, will be twenty five dollars. The cost on Kickstarter is twenty one dollars with free shipping. So yeah, kickstarting it now, Kickstart you're gonna get it. you're gonna get it cheaper than you'll be able to buy it retail. Right. Uh, well, and especially yeah, if, I'm just thinking if for later on, if I think mm-hmm. yeah, well, somebody in my family might like this, you know, because yeah. I'm I think definitely get yourself one or two yeah. games in any to begin get with. Get a because, copy. Get an extra copy, put it in the closet, and then you'll remember that family member that you're that's like, right. mm-hmm. and that's impossible to buy for. Get you can get two <laughs> copies on the Kickstarter for thirty eight dollars. That's right. See? So that's that's another discount mm-hmm. on top of that. I'm t- yeah, yep. just kickstart it. And we also figured out we we did actually talk about the fact <coughs> that you could play this game with two decks if you just take out a, the, I think a few the, of the cards. Uh, theoretically, I I think you could play it. It's gonna it's gonna go longer yeah. than the, than the half hour. That's just you've got a lot more cards going on there. And it's gonna be insane. We've never we've <laughs> yeah. never tested it. Theoretically, it should work, but we've never tested it. <laughs> well, then maybe we should do that when it gets here. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, that's an idea. Try and we test know it lots out with, of folks. That's right. Uh-huh. Just saying. Because you could actually get I think, more players. You could get there. you know you could have a lot more fun with that. Um, uh, so I'm really excited about you guys getting that in. We are in too. I'm mm-hmm. again. I've, I've just I've been wanting to play this game again for the longest time, and and have yet to do that. Where can people find out where you guys are testing this over the next month? Um, so I post. A couple times a week as things come to the schedule and I learn about other events. But um, Absurdist Productions on Facebook mm-hmm. is where I'm, I'm posting that stuff. So, you know, check us out there. There's also, if you're, you know, trying to find the Kickstarter, the pinned post at the top of our Facebook page is a link to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And really, uh, you can, you really can literally just Google search to Oscaria. Yeah. And it's going to come up with mm-hmm. the, the Absurdist facebook mm-hmm. or it's going to come up with kickstarter yep. Uh, yep. Uh, address so because it's not like it's a common word in, no. and it's c-h-u-r-r-a-s-c-r-i-a you Chihuahua should Korea. you should see uh devin trying to spell it on our group chat oh no there's, um, there's, there's it's been fantastic it was a part of my phone and part that i can't ever remember where if there's anyway chimichanga yeah. oh no as i I've, as i've you know talk, talking to various people who like they read the cards and i've i've had one or two people who are portuguese or something who have played it and i had i had one who played it and read it. it's like it's you know so cool you're support and he said something to me and i'm like no, no, you don't understand. The only Portuguese I know is what's on these cards. That's, right. <laughs> That's it. On this that note, we've taken great care to make sure that the Portuguese on the cards is correct. You of know, course you did, because you're you. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we've run it by several Due people. Due diligence. But I have not actually learned Portuguese. Right. No, it's like we, we've run it by several people from, from, uh, from Brazil to double-check my grammar. A few cards got changed for that. Um, oddly enough, the creme brulee got changed back to creme brulee because when I oh, talked, talked to the people really? from, from Brazil, they're like, well, you know, the the other dish, I can't remember exactly what it was offhand, but the, the other dish, the name I had on there, like, well, yeah, that exists, but if you go to one of these restaurants in Brazil, you're buying, you're getting creme brulee. That's like, what they just call that's it. That's so It's funny. like, okay, so we're changing that back to creme brulee. Like, yeah. Here we just call it creme brulee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's certain dishes that just have the same name everywhere in the world. Well, Bra- and Brazil is also, it's, um, it's, it's, it's part French as well. Uh, if uh, I remember correctly, there, there, there well, might be. They, yeah. they have well, some Portuguese, Spanish, and French are all very. A lot of yeah. Related. yeah, so I, I wouldn't Linguistic. be surprised if they just went. You know what? Instead of calling it by yeah. the Portuguese name, we'll just well, call, say and, with the French. And as I learned, as I've been working on this and stuff, is that you have just got like you have British English and American English. Mm-hmm. You have Portuguese Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese, <laughs> oh, yeah. True. and they're very similar. But they're not identical. Yeah. That's right. It's just There's like you have Puerto Rican yeah. Spanish, I and then you have Mexican Spanish, yeah. and then you have Spaniard yeah. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all I very lived different. in Macau, which was a Portuguese colony mm-hmm. in China. So there's... There's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's going to have their own That's a different... That's yep. a vastly different one. I Languages know, are so cool. Food they is are. so good. I do want to know what else uh, Absurdist has going on. Anything else going on for you guys? Yeah, we're doing some other stuff. We're, we're playtesting a couple of new games that mm-hmm. are uh, going to go into deeper playtesting and mm-hmm. some, some initial art production stuff as soon as we get this thing out, out the door. We've got, yeah. um, uh, I guess we can talk about them, Space yeah. Madness. which yeah. is, Space Madness is so fun! Which is a sort <laughs> of um, abstract uh, tile placement and... Um, Murder sim. Murder <laughs> sim. What? You get to kill everybody so through airlocks. In Space Madness, you are wow. fir- the first phase of the game is you are cooperatively 
building the spaceship. The second mm-hmm. phase is you are all paranoid and think everyone's trying to kill you. <laughs> Which because they are. They are. <laughs> and, that and sounds like so much fun. And your goal is to kill everyone else before they can and kill you. And it's all about like <laughs> strategically opening and closing doors then opening the airlock. I'm like, sorry. It is so great. I can't And do it totally that. takes like... Five, ten minutes? It takes, you know, yeah, f- between five and 15 minutes, depending on I mean, on and then you're like, massacre. let's go again. 15 minutes. Let's go again. No, yeah, it is. It's, it, it's one of those games where it gets very tense. You're very careful because you have limited options on what you can do and everything. But then it really is where you're kind of watching the board as everyone else is doing, making their choices. And then eventually you, you see someone make a mistake. Yes. And as soon as you exploit that mistake... People start just falling like dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that is and so much when fun. are when can we look forward to this? Um, just <laughs> in, the, in the next few weeks, probably. Like, just right. come you, find you'll us. Start, you'll yeah. start seeing it pop up when we're doing playtesting yep. events, when we're doing things at Loot and XP. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, be, like we'll, we'll be starting okay. to focus a lot more on playtests of it after, once this campaign yes. is right. over. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, it's so, got to be. You got to be breathing easier now that it's oh, fun. No, yes. So you can really focus on the other things. Where is the is the Facebook probably the best way? The to Facebook is the best way to hear about where you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. For, for local events, the Facebook mm-hmm. is the best way. We've also got our website, which is absurdistproductions.com. Okay. Um, our Twitter is absurdistprod mm-hmm. because that's as short as as long as they'll let us make the name. Which is and, weird. And um, Instagram yes. is absurd at yeah is absurdistproductions. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And if you go on, listeners, if you go on our Instagram right now, we yeah. have a I have a post already up. Okay. Linking to you, so excellent. excellent. Yeah, and and I, I'm just—it's going to be so much fun to finally mm-hmm. see it, to be able to play it, um, check them out because it's going to be a lot of fun. And especially, I think the the stretch goals are exciting. I'm really excited about the, especially the, the 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 tougher card stock. I think the the that it's just going to make the game so classy, more fun to play. Yeah, we wanted stuff that would be improve the experience and improve the quality of the product but not add a lot of extra complication and a lot of extra cost to it so i think that's i think that's what we've done good deal we thank you guys so much for stopping by thank you what is that oh no okay good uh, got, <laughs> I just had a. This, this is my face. We ha, we do. Uh, thank you guys. Look them up uh, at uh, Absurdist Product Productions on the Facebook and uh, on Twitter, Absurdist Prod, uh, and also on their Instagram and their website. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got more to talk about. Uh, so we're especially some uh, news of a convention taking place this coming weekend. So we'll be right back. The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, New World Comics, Speeding Bullet Comics, All-Star Comics, Amazing Action Comics, Luton XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, and Commonplace Books, with more locations coming soon. You can find out more at okiecomics.com. And we're back this weekend. Oklahoma Contemporary is holding a comic convention for pop culture enthusiasts. It runs Saturday, April 21st and Sunday, April 22nd at the State Fairgrounds. And here to talk about it is communication director Lori Brooks. Lori, welcome. Hello. Now, you, uh, the, the Oklahoma Contemporary, you guys have been there for quite a while. We have. We started as City Arts Center in 89 mm-hmm. and then became Oklahoma Contemporary in 2012. And as you guys know, we're building a massive new campus down yes you are yeah it's and this is really excited and it's uh so so talk to me about uh con- the con- uh, contempt con absolutely so we are doing a, a series of pop-up exhibitions this spring and one of them is called comics okay it's up right now mm-hmm. um and it features all oklahoma comics and so we've got about seven in the main part of our gallery our featured artists and our curator, Jennifer Scanlon, really wanted to get some great diversity. So we have uh, Natasha Altarisi, Jerry Bennett, Melanie Gilman. Ah! Yeah. So lots, lots of big names in Oklahoma um, comics. But then we also did an open call. And so the entire back half of the gallery oh, wow. is filled with additional comic Fantastic. artists. We have zines kind of thrown in mm-hmm. as a piece of it. Um, sure. We have some animation. We have digital pieces. We have paintings. So we got a massive response to the open call. So we have more than 20 artists up wow. right now. Oh, that's fabulous. And so there was this kind of behind-the-scenes conversation. Hey, 
you know, well, this is a comic exhibit. Do we, you know, want to do a con? And it played around a little bit. And I am uber geeky and spent a lot of time at Comic Cons. And so I offered advice for a little bit. And then we finally got to the point where they're like, well, what are we going to do? Do we want to hire somebody? And I raised my hand and I said, I'd happily take this on. I'm kind of, you know, dream to run a Comic Con from an art center. That's fantastic. I'm just so glad that you did. Well, for a number of reasons. And also just because I think it's thinking outside the box like it's it's something that a, a contemporary art center isn't even known for and i think Absolutely. that's just a fantastic merging of not really cultures but a merging of things well yeah. and the idea is lack so we of a did better word not for sale which is, was a graffiti mm. exhibit in fantastic. the fall mm-hmm. and we had a big hip hop jam attached to it and the mm-hmm. idea of getting people in the gallery who had never been in an art gallery before um, and having that experience and then people who would never see graffiti as art are are regular patrons crossing Mm -hmm. those things and it's this exact same idea with this comics convention that we're getting people in maybe who've never been in an art gallery they're seeing something familiar on the wall but then we're also introducing people who would not think of comics as fine art to that as an idea too and I just love that's like I'm a total and and yeah, it's, it's very important. And, I think yeah. that we we see the comics uh, just like graffiti is artwork. Absolutely, uh, we, it, it's usually been shunned by yeah. your high society arts, and it's not, and it shouldn't be because it's all. very much a part of our pop culture, just as any art has been. Absolutely. Well, and I think the nice like point here too is cons are kind of viewed as like maybe clickish or right. exclusive, and so this is this is like doubling down on. Exactly. Yeah. Non-proprietary. Things that shouldn't have to be proprietary. And this is going on at 3,000 General Pershing. Is it, that's a safe it is, yeah, right? at our safe mm-hmm. fairgrounds location. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll run all day Saturday starting at 9. We'll end about 8 p.m. We're wrapping up with a showing of the Post-Human Project, which ah. was... <sighs> Love that show. Created, produced right here in Oklahoma, all Oklahoma actors. And then we'll have a little talk back after um, with a couple of the people involved. So excited about that. And then we'll run one to five on Sunday. And it's completely free. Exhibitions are always free. And we do a lot of free programming. And so this is a piece of that. Oh, that's so cool. And it's it's free. So that's really really awesome. And our hope is, you know, families maybe who couldn't get into something like Wizard World, you know, couldn't pay at that level, can bring in kids to experience it in a different way. And being an artist, center we're doing lots that are that is hands-on so we have three drop-in studios kids can come in and we have comic panels provided by literati press Ah. and so they can draw and create their own comics we have a cosplay session so they can create pieces that they might use oh that's excellent and then that evening actually um dc marvel league is running a um, a how-to cosplay session (gasps) oh my gosh and a little fashion show so the kids who create pieces or who are there in their superhero costumes Uh Or if you're like me and have to choose which piece of cosplay you're going to wear that day. So we'll have a little fashion show as a part of that, too. That's so awesome. And Lauren, you've been into into the the geek culture scene for a long time. Talk to me about your history of of geek culture. Um, Always, you know, sci-fi fantasy reader as a kid. So came up very naturally. Didn't really get into comics until starting um, as a graphic novel reader in college. Mm -hmm. And still, I'm a a hardcore novel reader. And it took a long time to get the difference. Yes. Um, It took me a long time to to crash cross that barrier yeah. for comics and because, still especially learning. if you were yeah. a graphic Devin's... novel reader which i was very much um in my younger years yeah i think it, 20s it's and it is a very hard line to cross Absolutely. because i i don't know why exactly mm-hmm. the art's very different the, t- yeah. the dialogue's very different and it it is a hard line to cross but i finally did it took a Batman and Robin to do it for yeah. me. But. I think it's mostly because it is mostly uh, dialogue. I yeah. think that mm-hmm. is the, the hard part, especially when you really love some of the great novels. It's the way the author describes things and describes yep. thoughts and what's going on and, uh, in, and, and describes the scene. You don't need that in comic books. The, the scene's I, drawn for you. I would realize, though, I've been, I'm 12 pages in and clearly I missed something because all I did was read the dialogue. Same. Yeah. Exactly. I read the words. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I had to really reset. But once I did, um, both with you know the very serious Watchmen and V for mm-hmm. Vendetta and mm-hmm. Mouse did all that in college, but really getting Getting into it passionately, um, fables was a big genre changer. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 
and once I started binge reading and kind of got my mind in the right mindset, then it was just all downhill from there. Yeah, it, it's it's just so Fantastic. much fun to watch it, the way that uh, an artist will will just will put a scene in there, uh, and sometimes you can go several pages without any words or anything. It's just the beauty of the artwork, and yeah, you if you're not used to it, you have to stop yep. and look at what is I going on. I very much on the page. had to train myself to look at the picture exactly and then the dialogue and or look what's going on and then the dialogue and it really helps when you have a best friend that is a huge comic book geek and has the uh, when they have a bunch of them in yeah. one I'm book. just gonna say the patience yeah, yeah. yeah the, the and so you can be like take your time with it because yep. you're not like through one issue and well, you're and like, I'm able to binge like that. Yeah. And you get into yeah. the story in yeah. a different way because you're you not waiting okay now I have to wait till next week yep. and so one it of the cool things about the exhibit month. that we have up right now is that we, we have some process pieces. And so you can see the finished art, but you see panels as it came along. Oh, right. wow. And so people who don't understand that comics piece at all can really see a little bit more about how it put, put together. And then we have lots of individual panels because we are an art gallery. This right. is, you know, it's presented on the walls as art. But we have either uh, the comic book, the graphic novel, the zine that it came from there because it's sequential art and yeah. it doesn't mm -hmm. stand alone right. completely. So being able to see what it fits into. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of comic books now, I've, I've actually enjoyed it at the, you get to the end of the comic and a lot of times they do break, they do that breakdown of what, what it looked like to, to just do the pencil work yeah. and then, then the adding the, the colors. Um, and I love that because Again, a lot of people think this is just slapdash thrown together and, and put right. out. There's a lot of work that goes into these these comic books, and a lot of artists aren't, I think, underappreciated for what they're doing. Agreed. Yeah. And, and we will do some hands-on pieces so that people can see a little more than that. We're doing um, a live demo of figure drawing. So we'll have an artist actually working on an iPad projected onto a wall so you can see oh, that. Oh, so cool. We have a hand lettering session. Um, the, the guy who does the editorial cartoons for the Gazette actually <gasps> used to letter for Marvel back in the day. Oh, wow. And so he's coming in. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's doing a session Fun facts you learn. <laughs> to show those pieces. And then we have an animation live live demo as well so people can see cool. what it takes to make this happen oh, oh my gosh so to, to make an actual animated yeah he's gonna do just a little animated short and build through the pieces oh my and gosh and then play and talk to you know we're because we're an art um, center, not just a gallery, we're not a museum, we have lots of studio space. Mm -hmm. and so right. we'll set up in those studios and really let them do what they do in front of a crowd. Yeah, and it's really appreciating the artwork that, that most people are not appreciating right now. Exactly. The yes. And the effort that goes into it. it. Yeah. I mean, people think cartoons are simple and... Oh gosh, I couldn't do it. Creating I can them. tell you right now, I am not an. I'm I'm a visual artist. I've done acting and, and singing and things like that. I cannot draw. Oh my gosh! And I have so much yeah. appreciation. And I can do and I can write, but I cannot draw. Same. And I have so much of appreciation. I think that's probably why I fell in love with comic books. It was something that I knew that I could not do. Right. So I can appreciate it when other people were doing it. And I was thrilled that in the past, maybe about five to ten years, it's become. It's gotten such an art following. It has. And we're actually working with the Metropolitan Library as well. Um, so if you haven't gone by yet, the, when you walk in, their big fishbowl is covered in our vinyl right now, mm -hmm. advertising the comic ex exhibit and ContempCon. And then they have a geek con coming up. And so the talk bubbles actually are dry erase. So we can plug in information about the upcoming events. Mm -hmm. And then they're doing two sessions for us. I, I actually pitched very specifically to them you know, for those parents who don't think comics are actually reading. Oh, my gosh. Novels. Exactly. That's That should be the response. But yes. Yeah, you and get you, you get Nikki. And I and yep. Josh. That's how I got my son to read. Yeah. Yes. It was comic books and video games because I made Open him play old video games that yeah. didn't have the dialogue, and he wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. And so he had to read to know what to do in these video games. And yeah. My He's son was one the of the top readers way. in this class now. He, he, we started out, he was not big on, on grabbing the, 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 the chapter books. And I mm -hmm. said, well, let's get you started on, on graphic novels, exactly. on just standalone comic yep. books. And things that is, he, he was interested in, Star Wars, uh, you know, all these, all these different types of you know, superheroes, of course. Uh, yep. And just go read that. Yeah, and, of course, immediately picked it up uh -huh. and started reading it. Um, loved it, and now of course he picks up the chapter books. He loves all mm -hmm. those, all those, you know, the the, um, uh, what is the Lemony Snickets? Um, My and, and daughter read the Squirrel Girl novel in a day. Oh, yeah. Dude, I remember like, that. It is insane. And then, and then the best part is Josh is like called it. I'm borrowing <laughs> next. Yeah. 
yeah, well, and it's and yeah, it's it's great that those that those comics, a lot of them, uh, they have been moving over to then chapter books yep. uh, like like uh, like uh, Squirrel Girl. Uh, I think uh, Lois Lane had one recently. Oh, Josh knows more about that. Well, not it. only is it a great finally finished uh, <laughs> segue to reading, but it's also a great segue to a lot of philosophical concepts, mm-hmm. to Absolutely. a lot of moral yeah. concepts. Yeah. I mean, these are the these, these are the mythologies of. Yes. Yeah, these Today. are the archetypes that yeah, many I'm myths saying. and legends are built on, and this is where humanity has came to its peak because you have your archetypes because that is the pinnacle of what humans think, and that's where a lot of philosophy mm-hmm. starts is at these archetypes. And so, like, it's a great introduction for kids to start entering into a more philosophical way of thinking, whether it's you know, there's good and bad, which, I mean, a lot of our high fantasy novels are that way, good versus evil. But with comic book, there's so much gray. Exactly. And yeah. they and the earlier kids learn about the gray areas in life, I think it'll, it'll, it'll do worlds for mental health and for, you know, just navigating life in general. Agreed. <laughs> we are so excited about the diversity of comics in the show. Yeah. Um, Melanie Gilman um, writes a lot about LGBTQ issues, Yay. and they um, have a, a web comic called "As the Crow Flies." Mm-hmm. And the idea. We have met her. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great. Well, she'll be here. She's doing a colored pencil workshop for us, oh, um, cool. and a panel on LGBTQ. LGBTQ comics. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to. The curator Jennifer Scanlon really wanted to look at getting different voices into the gallery as well that it's comics have really become a great medium um for some of the topics that are have some sometimes been a little harder to break into and so we've got a native american panel we have and actually um aragon star who did super indian unfortunately will not be here she's at the tulsa lit fest but we have her incredible incredible um super indian covers up and some of those pieces and I happened to walk through the gallery with the daughter of um, one of my coworkers who had seen Black Panther and she was very excited. Her name is Ruby. And we were, nothing was up yet. We just had kind of sketches as to where things would go. And Jerry Bennett, who is our most probably traditional featured artist, right. he's mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Marvel, he's Lucas Films, well all that stuff. Yeah. And he had um, sort of this evolution of a female superhero. And you could see all the different ways he'd drawn her. And Ruby sat down and looked and said, that one looks like my mom. Mm. And and being able to see her mom. I mean, I had such a moment with it and she had no idea. She was just talking. So I went to her mom. I was like, you know, we have this total bonding piece. Exactly. We'd had those conversations about Black Panther. And so being able to do that in the gallery and get this diversity of people in and through and that's why we're really excited about the con to bring so many people in our doors that's awesome yeah it's it's wonderful to see this kind of reaction that we can be diverse in uh comics i think we should try to be as much as diverse as we can in any kind of pop culture absolutely because that's the world we live in yep Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't that way for a long time so it's nice that we're actually being so inclusive and it's so amazing that kids are in born in the era that they are in like there's a there's a lot of wrong in the world and you know you could go on for days about it but like you know they are living in an age where they have role models now and it's not becoming an issue it's not an issue uh i took my kids to go see a wrinkle in time Mm -hmm. and it's a mixed family and the mom's black and the dad's white Kids never questioned it. They yeah. just accepted it. My son absolutely loved the main character, and it, it was a black female character. Never came up that she was black or female. Yeah. She just he just he, thought he was cool. She yeah. was cool, and he and probably related to her, yeah. which is like yeah. because the whole argument against diversity is like. Which I mean, I am divorced, and so he could totally relate to being separated from the mom and dad Mm -hmm. being separated and it was like a three-year period that they're separated and you know can go through those emotions of that kind of feeling of abandonment which you do feel because i come from a divorced family too and so like it was something just easily identified whether they were black white native american chinese you know it's it's something that's I'm hoping through my children, through the eyes of my children, that it's not going to be an issue by the time they are grown ups yeah. because they don't care. But it's, it right was now. actually a lot of people, a lot of kids did turn to comics uh, who were uh, from broken homes, yep. mm-hmm. um, who felt uh, f- from minorities. A lot, I, I mean, a lot of African American men and women who grew up reading comics because of the fact that it was the only place they could get that escapism sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, so, and a lot of the themes in 
comic books deal with isolation, alienation, and feeling right. like you're the only one. That's why why almost all superheroes are orphans. I don't know why, but they almost <laughs> always are. It makes a great story. Uh, yeah. I was saying, it, yeah. I mean, really, only Spider-Man tackles the how am I going to hide this from my parents type yeah, thing yeah. or right. Aunt May. Yeah, right. you know? yeah. Yeah. But again, also still an orphan. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> and know? it's his fault. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, you know, Superman, Batman, everybody's there. It's just, and I think it's because that's why they've become so popular. Kids can relate, yep. even if they have both their parents. It is still that I'm alone in this world, mm -hmm. and it, but they can turn to comics and see characters that are that are living the same kind of. Uh, these are these are the morality plays of our time um, that that they can see the kind of character that that is that that, that they are living as well and succeeding and get triumph over adversity mm -hmm. is so, and even yes. in non what you wouldn't consider a superhero comic at all you know seeing those people go on on and succeed they look like you they feel like you they have the world around them that you have around you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So people can see this artwork right now. They can. Um, we are open 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. because we run art classes in the evening. So Monday through Thursday it can come in. Um, Friday we'll mostly be setting up for the show. We have about 30 vendors coming in. In addition to, I think, 17 of the artists will have tables. Mm -hmm. So we'll have about 45 tables getting all that ready. But they can come Monday through Thursday and see the show as it is now. We have a learning gallery in the back that has some, they can do the learn to draw comic panels, read some books loaned by the Metropolitan Library yeah. about comics and comics as an art form. Which again is a great thing. Uh, big shout out to the Metropolitan Library system that they've actually started carrying graphic novels they and have. comics that, uh, that oh, I think a long time ago, because comics again weren't considered art or literature, yep. Yep. would not be carried. Um, and I, it's the fact that an art, gallery is it, that it would you know i would say 10 15 years ago would not have been done because that's not art agreed yeah and it is now yeah. oh thank goodness yes you know it's been a it's part of, it's becoming wonderful. a part of pop culture yeah. that i think is very important so people can't go by and see uh see this art right they now can. um what time do you guys start on saturday we will start at 9 a.m um and then sunday at one um, the one thing I, I don't think I've mentioned is that we're actually going to have a tabletop room as well. Our friends at Loot and XP are Woo! coming to run a room for DC! us. So bringing like 50 games, a wide variety, and, you know, something you might drop in and play with kids who aren't really familiar to hardcore games like some of us in the room might play. <laughs> um, and there's even going to be a one-shot RPG. I had not heard of this, but you could come in, play for five minutes, pick up and go. Um, a friend of mine who goes by uh, the Bearded Foe is his his professional name in this world, nice. is, is going to run through Saturday afternoon this one-shot. So you don't have to commit to come in and play for three hours. Drop in with the fam, play a few minutes, and go on about your day. I love I've it. Never I that. I've never heard of that. I haven't heard of that, and I think yeah. it's That's, wonderful. See, That's I just fantastic. spent this past weekend. We played. Uh, I, I played D and D Friday night for about four hours. Played Saturday afternoon for about four hours. I can't imagine playing for five minutes. <laughs> I have a Gloomhaven group tonight. That's what I'll be doing Ooh, after we Gloomhaven is so good. Oh, it's amazing. That Kickstarter it's was amazing. amazing. Yeah, we're on our fourth or fifth mission. So oh. it's a lot of fun. Oh, I haven't gotten, so through the fun. Yeah. I've gotten through the second one, yeah. but it's just a matter, ma manner of getting everybody in the same room. It is. Yeah. It, it's a long commitment. <laughs> I mean, we play. But it's so cool because it has like the little packs of things. Yep. It's like, this is so organized. I am so happy. Oh, yeah. The guy <laughs> who runs our group went and bought all of the Hobby Lobby boxes. And so they're all <laughs> of these sets and he has binders and folders and it's actually kind of adorable yeah. that's yeah. kind of awesome yeah, yeah. so Lori, as you as you were setting this up what was what were you going through when you were when you decided okay this is what we're gonna do i think first we wanted to see what the artists who are participating in the show were interested right. in and so a number of them are doing sessions and we wanted really keeping that focus on comics as art um and then there are some pieces partly just because of my geek background if i'm gonna run a comic-con we're gonna have a board game room right. <laughs> um, but also all of those different elements are ways for people to come in and engage who might not otherwise. Right. And so you might come because you know Loot and XP is going to be there, and then you have this experience with art on the walls and seeing these comic pieces. Maybe you come to watch you know, Matt Price's movie um, and then stay and see all the various pieces there. Um, the library, in addition to they're doing a story time kind of piece in the morning on Saturday for the kids, the afternoon they're really talking graphic novels and so sort of book clubbing <laughs> some of their favorite graphic novels and so that trying to give people as many ways to engage cool. as we could. Well, they'd be also talking about how to write uh, a graphic novel and, and comic books. I we think are, a lot of writers like myself, I could, I could sit and write a novel since I was a kid, but 
the ability to write a graphic novel. Yeah, so Matt Price, um, who runs Speeding Bullet Comics mm-hmm. and is at the Oklahoma, is actually doing a comic writing session. Um, and he's gathered a couple of people to come with him, Jeff Provine being one. Ah, he's friend a of the show. big, big friend, friend of the show. I thought he might be. He's <laughs> actually doing an Oklahoma comics um, panel on Sunday. So talking about the history of comics in Oklahoma, this rich culture that we've really just barely dipped a toe in and wouldn't say that this is the most comprehensive show or any of that, but it's really just opening the door to this idea of comics in the gallery. And Oki Comics is our underwriter, so that's what we yeah, are. I was the, the say, yeah. Jeff was amazingly helpful as we were putting the show yeah. together. Uh, it's a wonder, did you have any anyone say that the, any kind of negative uh, thoughts about this? I think we, we got a lot of questions, um, uh-huh, yeah. you know, making sure... Um, that the art was at the level of the other kinds of exhibitions that we put on. And so really looking at breaking the areas down. So the the featured artists have big, beautiful pieces. These are people who do this, you know, full-time professionally. And then some of the open call artists um, haven't necessarily even published yet. You know, they have individual pieces. And so we've got artists who have never been in a gallery, who've never run a table at a con before. And so wanting to find that huge diversity, one of the things that we're really about, um, in addition to sh- showcasing art, is working with local artists. Mm-hmm. And so opening the doors to some of the people who haven't had this experience before has been really fun. Yeah, and I, I think the realization that they're they're in Oklahoma, they don't have to, and of course Jerry Bennett's a really good sign of this, yeah. you don't have to move to exactly. LA, New York to get yep, your stuff you published. you do that right here. Yeah. yeah, and we this of course uh, our our friends at Robot House Creative and and the the uh, they've done their own comics as well. Yep. You can be here and show off your artwork, and you don't have to necessarily leave Oklahoma. Right. Sure. Yep. Especially don't and, leave us and more now. Yeah, and we, we need, need we need artists here. We uh, need you. Well, that's that's a huge piece of who we are and what we yes. do. Both supporting artists who already have those careers, and we run art classes and art camps for youth and adults year round. And mm-hmm. so giving people that creative outlet, finding a familiar, inclusive, welcoming place to come, whether you're a very beginner. I did a wine in the wheel night, which um, was catastrophic. I definitely did not create pieces of art. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what I made after it came through the kiln was beautiful. It's not even vaguely what it was supposed to be. I think it was maybe a bowl or a vase. It looks like a cocktail gown. <laughs> I, I think discovering that and I, that's such why it's a valuable part of mm-hmm. yes, exactly. I created something beautiful. Yes. I, that's yes. not what I was intending to do. It I, I walked away. Is. I had a great time. Felt kind of like I failed. I was like, well, that was great, but I didn't produce anything. And then what came right. out on the other end is a piece of art. Yeah. And so we, from beginners to really advanced artists, we have potters who work in our it, ceramic yeah. studio mm-hmm. who have been working with us for twenty yes. years. Yeah. And the big lesson for any artist is your first drawing is never going to be, or your first pottery your first anything you do is not going to be what the professionals are doing but you can get to that level the only way to get that level is to start yep and have that creative engagement and we do it with stuff like this out of a classroom setting as well Mm -hmm. you know we do tours with artists artist talks workshops to really everything that we do is built around educating people um, to what contemporary art is and finding that creative engagement. Yeah, and, and uh, contemporary art, of course, is so important, I think, to uh, our, our current uh, pop culture. It's so yeah. very important that we have this, uh, that because that, when people think about art, and I, of course we love the masters, but the realization that it's going on now yep. and, and, and what we are doing now will be looked on in future generations. So we still have to keep that contemporary art going. And our definition is so simple and contemporary art scares people that idea, but it's, oh it's gosh, just yeah. art by living artists. That's yes. all it is. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if your kid who comes to ContempCon and draws in our studio is a contemporary artist. Yes. And it's, and it's art that matters to this, to, to this generation. It does. Again, the future generations are going to be looking back at our artwork right now and going, this is what life was like for us at this time. Yeah, it will Just like us. it was back for, you know, for Van Gogh and for, yeah. for you know, uh, Rembrandt. We're, we look back on them. That was what life was like then. We have to still keep the art going now for the future generations. Because how many people have been inspired by past art? I think a lot. Exactly. I think it's, it's, <laughs> so yeah. it's important exactly. to keep, uh, yeah, keep to, it going. Yes, and to keep and to keep it fresh, to keep it now. Um, and and I I love the fact that there are artists here making art in Oklahoma in Oklahoma City in Oklahoma. Yeah, and, yeah. and living 
like making it like being able to yeah. live exactly eat yeah. out of living and, mind you but and we do professional workshops with that yes. same idea mm-hmm. helping people create a portfolio maybe if they haven't before mm-hmm. or you know how to build your website what to present to a curator so that that's a piece of who we are too is helping yes. artists succeed oh so it's not just showing off the art it's how to make a living being an artist exactly yeah oh love that idea yeah and now so, you see why i'm an okay contemplant like yeah oh I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. And, i'm and, all about their mission and you guys said did you have a new so you got the one in general person that's the only one i knew about did you guys say you have a new place we are in the middle of we actually just started construction at oh. northwest 11th and broadway massive new campus um at the top of automobile alley if you've seen the building made out of shipping containers yeah. that is right there that's us so that's cool. our showroom and it's sort of our footprint on the site as this this campus is being built construction just started last month oh. um and we will open in fall 2019 that's what i did i actually think i saw a journal record yeah. story on that, that that you guys were uh-huh. getting that going i think maybe even steve black Mired and some the, yeah yeah Campbell Art Park. so if you yeah. saw Terra or Cloud City that um, park right in front is adjacent to us and so we programmed those pieces were ours I have a piece that were there <laughs> you do I, I you do the rope the artist are, are you guys going to be moving from, from the fairgrounds we will yeah okay. so we'll we'll move late summer and then we'll open in the fall of 2019 oh that's oh, wonderful so and you're exciting. really moving to the area that is growing uh, that automobile alley area and of course yep. what's going on downtown the whole thing is just amazing that Oklahoma City is growing so much uh, and we're we're growing with the idea that not only do we grow in, in t- buildings and cars but we also grow in art yeah and we're no one is going to stumble upon us at the fairgrounds it doesn't right. happen or if it does Truth. they're not necessarily looking for us well while, while you're there um, and so you have to be really purpose-driven to come but to mm-hmm. be in a setting where you can drop by on your lunch hour mm-hmm. exhibitions are free now they'll be free then and so you can come in we'll have a cafe and a retail space and a lobby with the meeting area and really want to be place for people to gather I'm which we can't do there. at all at the fairgrounds no, no it's it's uh, well it's hard to navigate sometimes that fairgrounds yep. um i love this i love our state fairgrounds but if it's the fair's not going on it's kind of hard to navigate what's going on inside there um yes. so i think it's great that you guys are going to be where the action is happening and that you said that you, yep. when do you guys think you feel i think it'll open fall 2019 fall of 2019 so no that's next fall yeah i keep forgetting it's 2018 yeah. oh <laughs> same <laughs> I, I wouldn't uh, 20 when i was in high school they were like oh 2000 so far away yeah. so i'm like no, uh, not yeah, even yeah. real years yeah. yeah um so it's wonderful we're so excited that you guys are growing and 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 being a part of what's going on in oklahoma city us too. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let us know, again, where can people find out information about what's going on? OklahomaContemporary.org um, is our main website. We have a Facebook event page for ContempCon, and it's really where all of the breaking news is. We're sharing information every day about the vendors who will be there. We will be releasing the full schedule, so you can plug into what panels you want to go to when you want to come um, on Monday. And so that'll be on our website and on our Facebook page as well. That's wonderful. And it starts at... We are we start Saturday morning, 9 a.m. And 1 o'clock on Sunday. 1 o'clock on Sunday. That's wonderful. And how late Thank is it going to go on Sunday? 1 to 5. Okay. And Lori, where can, uh, can, can people get on? Uh, do you have a Twitter as well? We are. Yeah, we're just at OK Contemporary. That's easy to remember. OK Contemporary. And also, do you have an Instagram? I'm guessing you guys. We do. Uh, we have an Instagram yeah. and a Facebook, too. Yeah. I can't do Instagram because I'm, I'm radio. So well, yeah, the, the, the whole art world, it works. It's a good medium Very for important to have yeah. Instagram. That's really important. Awesome. We, yeah. I've already got stuff on our Instagram about this. Yeah, great. it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Sounds like a, a great weekend, and it's free, which is really so. If, if you've never so been to a excited. con before, that's the perfect price. Exactly, and it's a good way to get people who might not come otherwise. Yeah. And so it's just a piece of programming, just the same way we do everything else, and we mm-hmm. really want to engage with the public and bring them in. Bring those kids down because it's I gonna be a lot of fun it. to show them. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Lori. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on our website at okigeek.com, also on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. And I tell you, if like ContempCon and other conventions that we've been talking about this hour, uh, if you've got an event going on, if you know someone who's got an event going on, let us know because we really want to, I think with spring and summer coming up, there's going to be a lot of conventions going on and we want to hear about it. We want to make sure that we're advertising about that because the more we can the more we'll grow oklahoma so please let us know uh okie geek podcast at gmail.com is a great way to get in touch with us also on the facebook page you can find us on soundcloud stitcher and itunes and nikki where can people find you on the world wide web find me at twitter uh Retro Robinson, and also on the Facebook page. And the Facebook page, again, is a great great way to contact us. Uh, Nikki, we're going to be posting a lot more stuff on that Facebook yeah. page, so it'll yeah. be really good. Devin, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? 
don't troll me, <laughs> first of all. But anyway, you can find me on the Twitterverse at Wubba. That's Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. That's right. And you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also, rate us. Leave us a comment. Until next time, uh, along with, who all did we have on this? It was Hi. a big one. Yeah, we party. had David Thomas, Will, uh, David Thomas, Will Thompson, Lori Brooks. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Devin Green. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on.